You are listening to the Remote Local Podcast. Learn the best tips to build a local business you can run from anywhere in the world and get the financial and location freedom you desire. Welcome to the show. Welcome, podcast listeners. I'm one of the hosts, David Lahav, with my co-host, Neil Parekh. Welcome, Neil. What's up, David? Excited to be here to chat with you again. And I think you are now back in the States, huh? That is right. I got back to Colorado about a week ago. And uh, I checked the weather here before, and it looked like 70s, nice. In the week since I've came, it snowed three times. Denver is the most unpredictable place possible. <laughs> it makes no sense to me. When I was there uh, visiting you, David, I think it was last November, it snowed one day. It was Sunday the next day. By the way, the day it snowed, I, was, I don't know if you remember, I was borrowing your car and I had the WeWork. And uh, it was like the top was iced, not from California. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know what to do here. Like, I just, I was just stuck. Like, how do I get this ice off the windshield? Just completely, completely done. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's part of the beauty in Colorado. The weather yeah. changes a lot. So we'll we'll be good. Maybe go do some snowboarding this weekend. So, yeah, uh, sh- should be fun. Good stuff, man. And Neil, you're you're in uh, California. Still in California, enjoying mm-hmm. uh, things opening up here. Uh, you know, made my, did my trip to Mexico a while back. Just worked remotely there for a while and eyeing a few more places. I actually might pick. Um, I loved Baja, California. I might work there remotely for a while. It's not too far from LA, so good I might for work as well. I might see you there. I have some friends who are surfing there, so might be there playing a trip. There we go. All right, we'll we'll talk about it after the podcast. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. So today we're really excited to jump into Neil's story and do something a little bit different, have more of a, kind of an interview style. Uh, so very, very excited for this. And one of the things that I think is special about Neil's story is that he started his current company while working a full-time corporate job. So for a lot of you who are listening, uh, who currently have a full-time job or a corporate job, I think this will be really amazing uh, to hear. I'm excited, man. Let's do it. All right, Neil. Let's talk about um, this whole time. This is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about it. <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah, I, I guess the idea, Neil, is you know now you have made this a seven-figure service company, remote local company, and also in the last year or so you started franchising as well. Um, but that wasn't always the case, right? So right. take us back to uh, where you were when you just started the business and, and why you chose to start this business. Yeah, absolutely. So this was um, 2013. I was uh, a couple years out of college. I think I was like 24 at the time. And I just wanted to start a side business. I knew eventually I wanted to quit my corporate job and I worked in finance. I worked at a venture capital company in L.A., Nothing was wrong with it. it. You know, a lot of times people quit their jobs because they're like, I hate my boss. I hate what I do. For me, there was nothing wrong. I just knew I wanted to quit and travel at some point. Um, and the second motivation to find a side income was that uh, my parents had video rental stores at the time. I mean, if you remember, like the old blockbusters and stuff. So uh, they weren't doing too well financially, and I needed to provide to pretty much pay for their mortgage. So those are the two high motivations for me. 
um, in terms of finding some sort of side hustle outside of just my day-to-day -day job. Uh, so that's what led me down a path of just exploring a ton of different business models and eventually ending up with Mapeless. Mm -hmm. And uh, did you try any other businesses before Mapeless? Oh, dude, what did I not try? It was it was one of those where like, all right, let's just see what sticks, right? So at first, like, I think most people, if you think um, of remote business, which I hope with this podcast we're dispelling this myth, that you need to do something fully digital. I need to do e-commerce. I need to do drop shipping. I need to do digital marketing. Those are the only things which you can do remote. Uh, the reality is now we know that's not the case. But I was doing anything which is traditionally uh, remote. So mm -hmm. that would be that would be. Uh, I tried to start an e-commerce company. Uh, I tried to do drop shipping. Uh, I think my first I tried to do like micro blogging. So I started like a pet hair vacuum blog, which <laughs> somewhere just to get it to affiliate. So a lot of a lot of things which are traditionally quote unquote um, remote. That's that's everything I was trying. Mm -hmm. So remote was definitely top of mind and and the goal. Exactly, exactly. That was the goal. And as part of all the different things you were trying, what led you to made this, which is essentially a cleaning business? Yeah. Well, David, are you are you much of a redditor? Do you go on Reddit much? No. All right. Well, I w I'm a redditor still, and back then, especially at work, uh, that is like the best way to lose any productivity and like not work is just going <laughs> Reddit, right? So I, I remember at my corporate job, and I hope no one's listened to this from my last corporate job. Like I was in a cubicle and I had the screens, it was a dual screen. I had it positioned in the proper way where if I was like, okay, if I minimize the window, I put it on the bottom left corner and I'm sitting here, no one could see what I'm doing and I'm just going to be on Reddit all day. Uh, <laughs> so I had it down to Very sneaky. Oh yeah. I, did, I got my work done, but I had it down to a science. Um, so I was on Reddit and I was on the entrepreneur subreddit and uh, you know, at this time I was digesting podcasts, blogs, everything I can to just try to figure out a side hustle. Came across a guy of a, a post on a um, of someone who started a cleaning company, and he posted the steps he did on Reddit. And I thought I'm trying pet hair vacuums, like I'm just going to give this a shot as well. So, I, you know, I devoted some dollars to it and just started off and tried to get it to work. Uh, and this one started working. And you know, I remember the first sale we got. I think it was from Google AdWords. I like ran outside, started to jump around, up and down. Did I got my first sale? I was just excited <laughs> to hit that money milestone. Were you at work while you got the first sale? I was. I was. It was someone <laughs> called, left a voicemail, ran outside. Um, and I probably paid like way too much in Google AdWords for it. You know, like who knows? But it was, uh, took the call and said, yeah, yeah, we could do it two days from now. No problem. Coordinated it, closed the sale, got the credit card. Uh, and it just felt like that was the first dollar I earned on my own. It's such a liberating feeling. Uh, so I was, that was like one of the most excited moments I've had. Beautiful. Love it. All right. So from that moment, um, you started the company, you were still working a, a full-time corporate job. Mm -hmm. And what were kind of the next steps that happened in the, in the journey of starting the business? Yeah. Well, as you know, with many businesses, it's a chicken and egg problem. You have, at least for us, you have cleaners on one side, you have customers on the other side. When you first start, you, your worry is always, where am I going to get customers? Where are these people going to come from? So at the beginning, that was my worry is how do I even get customers? Trying everything to try to get new customers. Um, over time, you end up um, getting to a point where you have enough customers and then the problem becomes where to get cleaners. But at the beginning, it was just how do I get customers and growing? Then as I was working full time, I had to first figure out, okay, these calls are going to come in. Who's going to take it? So I found a, a backup answering service to help take it. 
then I'd have to figure out, okay, who's going to help coordinate with the cleaners while I'm working? Then you find someone or a service to help coordinate with that aspect of it as well. Um, so it's always back and forth. Like you figure out, you grow, you figure out what the problem is, you solve it, then you grow. You, there's another problem, you solve it, and you keep kind of going from there. So by the time I left my corporate job, I think we were around 30K a month in revenue. That was the highest we've done around that time. This was two, two years, a little bit over two years after we started was around that uh, mark of what we hit. Um, so yeah, just that was also at the time where Airbnb and, and, and Verbo started to really come up and become really popular. So a lot of people started calling for vacation rentals. Uh, and I remember to be like, like any service, if you start, you price yourself way too low. Like, dude, we were doing mm-hmm. $55 cleanings. $55. <laughs> and I was like, ah, $10. No way. I was like, ah, I made $10 in profit. I paid the cleaners $45. It's great. I made $10. That's, that's not how business works. Yeah, it was, it, it, in hindsight, I'm like, man, there's so many mistakes I made. But hey, you learn. Absolutely. Love it. So at the point where the business was doing about 30K a month, that's when you said, okay, I'm, I'm good to quit my job and focus on this full time. Um, why, why, why was it 30K? Why didn't you do it before? Why didn't you wait longer? What, what was special about the 30K a month? Yeah, I wish I had a formula to tell people who were listening to this saying, oh, I had X amount in my bank account. I had six months of you know, savings saved up. I had uh, X month of, of revenue that generated this amount of profit for me. The reality is it was just when I felt comfortable. I felt the business was kind of stable. I was hitting the four-year mark of working over there. So I was like, okay, it's about like just a good time to shift. I could have stayed a few more months, a few less months. Um, but it just felt like, okay, this is a good time. Like in you know, South America, I had great weather. End of August, September. So I was like, okay, this is a good time just to go. To <laughs> so I gave him a lot of notice. I gave him like three months notice and said, hey, if you guys want me to leave earlier, totally fine. Uh, I could also stay on that time, train someone new. I trained my replacement. So I think I did it in a way where I made sure not to burn bridges. Uh, and that way I could help them out as much as I can. Very responsible of you, Neil. Um <laughs> And how was it to kind of pack your bags and, and go to South America all of a sudden? Uh, the first time you travel, and David, you might have experienced this, uh, you don't know what to expect. And I was scared of South America. That's why I went. I literally was like, should I bring a knife with me? Like, what, what should I do? Like, <laughs> what do I do? Uh, so uh, it, don't, it was- don't bring a knife to a gunfight, man. <laughs> Don't bring a knife with you, the traveler. Someone mugs you, give them your money, and it's okay. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. So now it, it was, you know, uh, planned for a while. Read a bunch of stuff. You're so nervous, and but like anything, you do it once, then you figure it out, and then later on, you're not as nervous doing it. But it's such a liberating feeling, saying, um, "Hey, I'm gone." And I remember this moment in South America, um, where I was like, "I forgot where I was walking. I think it was like in Patagonia." And I still got cell service there. Someone called and the call routed to me um, because the backup answering service was off, picked up, sold something while I was in the middle of Patagonia on the phone on this beautiful hike. And I was like, yeah, I'm never going back to normal life. This is incredible. <laughs> that was, that was a, a fine point in my memory. And that's when you really feel the remote local concept, right? Like you're out in Patagonia hiking in a beautiful area and... Um, all the while, there is someone, I think in your case, it was in L.A., mm-hmm. who needed their house cleaned, and they gave a call to a local business, and you know you were able to help them solve their problem 
while also enjoying this amazing, uh, you know, lifestyle and, and being at the other side of the world. Yeah, exactly. And, and the cool part about it, I, I'm sure anyone who has a remote business maybe has that same feeling, saying, hey, I'm making money while traveling. I think there's something even doubly cool where I'm making money while traveling and that money I'm making is in a specific local environment in another country. I guess just it's it's a couple of degrees separated from it. And it just I don't know, it, for, for me, it felt very rewarding uh, just to understand how many layers it took. Absolutely. There, it is like you're right. It is magical to like live on a currency that's, you know, that the U.S. dollar is really strong there mm. and to be able to make money back in in the States. And and that translates to a really great lifestyle wherever yeah. you are. Yeah. And one thing I will say is uh, I kind of noticed while traveling over the years of doing it. Um, I think a lot of people maybe get entrepreneurial burnout, like especially if you're starting a business, you have high stress. Um, you're not sure if it's going to work. Maybe you're feeling very nervous. Uh, honestly, in the first handful of years, I didn't get, <clears throat> there was stress involved, especially when customer problems happened or things like that. I didn't get like burned out at all. And it's not because I have a high stress tolerance or that you know, I did amazing with systemization, but I think it's just because if you're in a new, fresh environment all the time, you get recharged, right? Like every day, no matter what I did at work, I'd be like, oh, cool, I'm in. Patagonia. I could just walk outside and go for a hike or I am in Budapest and there's a group of friends I made here who are going out on the weekend. So you almost feel re-energized constantly. Uh, and I feel like I was able to be more productive in that in that realm just because I was constantly re-energized. Right? I never had a slump. And I think that's something that's not talked about as much but is such a true part of working and traveling is that you can be more productive uh, just by getting re-energized all the time. Absolutely. Energized by the places, by the learning, by the experiences and by the people that you meet. Like, yeah, like you said, whether whether it's locals or other people who understand and live the same lifestyle as you. Exactly. Kind of like what mm -hmm. we talked about on a previous episode. If you have not listened to it, listeners, go listen to it. We're talking about the Coconut Cowboys, the vacationers, the <laughs> all the types of people you can run into. And that is that is the type of people you will experience so and i think that one we called uh how to meet people while traveling yep yeah okay um awesome neil so how long have you been able to you know travel and you know since you took off after quitting the job and giving the time notice how long were you traveling and and living abroad while working yeah a little under five years so wow i think when covid hit i was i think at the four and a half mark uh and you know i was coming in and out of LA <clears throat> come here meet people handle business meet friends family then leave again so I feel like uh, in terms of like that mindset of that lifestyle was probably right until COVID hit um, and I would have just kept going right just kept going and doing it uh, there's things I learned especially with having local business <clears throat> downside is time zones I wasn't able to go to Asia until years down the line because I had to be in a relative time zone to help out my team day to day and the reality is, for me at least, I am more productive when I'm on their time zone. I can meet with people, hop on calls mm -hmm. with customers quickly. Like, there's just little things where if you're there, it does add exponential benefits. So I really, you know, for the first two, three years, I was somewhat in a plus or minus time zone where it worked. Where I'd go to Europe, and that was eight or nine hours ahead. Still doable, right? I'd just end, start work at three, end at midnight. Mm -hmm. uh, but Asia gets tough. That was <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. So pretty much COVID is what ended that initial <laughs> four or five years of, of travel. Um, and I guess another point that's really important to 
mention here is that uh, a lot of people who are more in the digital nomad sphere and kind of work on having that kind of life, many of them are successful in allowing themselves to travel and, and live abroad and be a digital nomad. But if they wanted to go back and live in LA or New York City or any major city in the US or Europe, the business or the side hustle that they have uh, actually doesn't allow them to do that because it's enough when they're, you know, let's say two or three thousand dollars a month when they're out in Asia or, or South America, but it doesn't help them when they're back in the States. That was a huge problem during COVID because people who were living in Thailand, living an amazing life, but off of $1,500, uh, all of a sudden they're forced to go back to U.S., to their hometown, New York. What are you going to do? You have to, you have to rent a place over there and stay there because every country in the world is locked down. I know a lot of people who got into troubles because of that. It's tough financially to be able to, to be able to do that. So yeah, that is a, that is a reality to face. Mm -hmm. And and I guess this is one of the benefits of the remote local uh, lifestyle is that you can easily create a business that allows you to live sustainably in the States uh, if you so choose. Right. Exactly. It's like a hyper-localized mm -hmm. service. Uh, See, so yeah, that, was, that, was, I mean, that was what was fun for me, I think, is like a day in the life of what I would do while traveling and working and be work, go to a co-working space, nine to five, you meet new friends, you go out for for dinner, you know, meet fascinating people, go on trips for the weekend and go to a new country and do it all over. And um, I think for me, in hindsight, that's such that is the biggest key of this remote local concept and lifestyle is just the ability to experience other facets of life while still having a full time job uh, and doing what you want to do and building equity for yourself in your own business. I think it's just mm -hmm. you hit all aspects. Uh, if this is what you want to do, you hit all aspects of what you want to do, increase your lifestyle. Uh, by traveling, by meeting fascinating people, growing through that process, and working on your own business by increasing your own income uh, along with it. So, yeah, it, it's it's a lot of it hit a lot of major points for me. At least that's what was great about it. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So, just so our listeners can have kind of a rough timeline or estimate, you know, if they try to apply this to their own, and every person's story is going to be different. But how long did it take? Um, from the time that you started the business until you quit your job and and went pretty much full time with the business, it took me two years. Two years. Um, two mm -hmm. years. Yeah, uh, I would say you you can do it quicker. You can do it longer. It depends on your end goal. Um, I think if you want to have enough income coming in before you go and quit your job and travel, you know, budgeting yourself a year and just working really hard for that one year. Would allow you to accelerate quick enough to be able to quit in my opinion and maybe mm -hmm. you're not replacing your whole income but as long as you're confident in yourself and that you can see the business producing and actually making money then i think in a, in a year is what i would recommend to people who are starting a local services company budget that to do a side hustle before transitioning full-time that's what i was always recommend to people mm -hmm. beautiful and i guess the next interesting milestone from then is from the time that you quit and went full-time how long did it take for you to grow the business and hire and train a team so uh, you really became you know potentially more of an owner than just an owner operator yeah good question so i know i remember the one year after i quit we we're doing 30k one year after we we're doing 60 a month we doubled and i think it's because when you hit the two-year there's two things with it one i was going full-time so i was working more on it and two is, I think, what you hit the two-year mark, 
of an established business, that's when you have a lot of repeat customers, you know what you're doing, maybe your SEO is hitting hard at that point. Like a lot of good things click after that one and a half to two year mark where it mm -hmm. becomes significantly easier. So I wouldn't say I was working double, even though I went from part-time to full-time, but mm -hmm. we still grew double. And then we kept growing from there and going, growing from there. So, um, you know, probably a year after that is when I started real hiring um, of like, we have a ops manager and like a lot of the stuff I was doing was like, I didn't know what I was doing. I hired someone part-time. It was overwhelming. I didn't know how to <laughs> like their time for what is actually needed for the role. So we, I was really hodgepodging it together even then. Um, you know, if you have a system to follow, um, look in, in our, for us, if you have a franchise system to follow, obviously we just tell you what to do. Um, but if not even following a coaching program, having someone around you helps would help so much. Uh, but we really started to hire about a year after I quit is when we hired like real team members internally, uh, to take care of phone sales, to take care of the cleaners, to take care of recruiting, things like that is when I started building the team. Beautiful. And as an owner, those are the moments where you can have even more freedom, even more lifestyle. Like if you do want to go to Asia, if you do want to, um, you know, do a, I don't know, silent meditation retreat for a week mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, that's a beautiful point where those things become possible again, where before you pretty much like the business is you for like years and years. And it's much harder to take a, a week or two week complete vacation being off. Right, exactly. At the beginning, I was. That's why I was never able to leave the time zone of Latin America, for example, just because mm -hmm. I had to be on on. And you know, even now, I, if I wanted to take a month off, it's not like I, I would or could. Like I'm sure I still want to check in with the team all the time and make sure things are going. Because I think if I just took a month off, things would be on fire by the time I got back. <laughs> um, how much we are doing right now. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, it, it gets more and more systemized over time. But yeah, at the beginning, you do need to devote a lot of attention to your baby, which is your business. Mm -hmm. And I guess another exciting milestone is when you guys hit seven figures. So can you share a little bit about that and kind of like what happened between the 60K a month that you shared until you got to the seven figure level? You know what? Like, this is actually crazy when you think about when you say that. I don't remember the moment we hit seven figures. I remember the moment I made the first dollar mm -hmm. vividly. And that was probably more impactful than when I crossed the seven figure mark, honestly. Uh, I don't I don't know why. I think it's just you're in the middle of doing it and all of a sudden you look up and you're like, oh, hey, we just did, you know, 83,000. That's a, hundred, a million run rate. Or you just look back at your books for the year. And you're like, oh, wow, we crossed over a million dollars. That's cool. Uh, I do remember when you hit a million dollars, uh, I did speak with my mom at the time. Uh, who was helping me out with the business and i started it partially to help my parents out financially uh and told her hey we crossed over the million dollar mark and she was i remember her face being thrilled like holy crap there's a million <laughs> like it just sounds like such, such a massive massive deal uh so that i think for me that was the coolest part honestly is being able to tell my mother and my parents like hey check out, mm -hmm. check out what we did and was, that's a cool moment that's amazing and it's so funny that it's so anticlimactic right yeah yeah, it really, it, it really is. It just kind of happens because you're so much in the weeds at times and you're like, oh, wow, I didn't, I didn't realize until we did our books that were even over there. Um, yeah, how, how was it for you, David? Uh, Neil, this is not about me. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the next episode, actually. Yeah, we're, we're going to save it for my episode, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, very, very similar. I'm just going to say very similar. Yeah, there we go. Um, amazing. 
Um, so, all right, I think we're, we're like almost caught up with the story with like where you are now, right? So you got back to the, to the States when COVID hit. Uh, how about you fill in the gap of like, how are things going now? Where are you at with the business? And also how kind of uh, a day in the life looks like right now? Yeah, so right now I am posted back in Los Angeles where I'm from, where the business is from, same time soon as my team. Um, and with that, I've been a lot more focused on the business, even working in the weeds sometimes, Zavid. I'm just diving in. I, I can't help it. I, if I'm on at like 6 p.m. and I see a sales call come in, I know because of my numbers, I have a 75% chance of closing that call. It's worth $300. I'm just going to take the call and you just do it. <laughs> so I feel like um, it's kind of cool because because now we're systemized to the point where it is a science in terms of close rates. It is You could kind of forecast what you're doing. So right now we have uh, mostly recovered from the COVID slump of the travel ban, um, kind of back to full capacity. I am posted in LA and I'll probably be here for the foreseeable future as a home base and still do trips elsewhere. Uh, and David, I think it's kind of funny because I'm doing, I flipped that way and you used to have more of a home base and now you are the opposite of, of going. To <laughs> so we we, we tag team a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. We swapped over there. <laughs> We have business. I mean, look, we we are actively hiring for our ops team now. I think I have about nine team members as part of the ops team, some full-time, some part-time, uh, actively growing, just really pushing the franchise business, though, as the main, um, main avenue for growth for us. But yeah, I would say in terms of where we are with systemization and the local business, uh, my local business is at the point where it is remote and it's always going to be remote. Like That's just so important mm -hmm. to me, and I think it's so... Uh, it actually helps out the business more, in my opinion, uh, and that—that's, I think, the way we're always going to run it. So, mm -hmm. and I love, yeah, and I love the insight that you shared of how the COVID situation and being back in the states has actually helped you refocus. And there is something to be said about the work environment that actually, when you're traveling, when you're moving around, uh, sometimes it's actually less conducive to really focusing and and growing and improving things and on the other hand actually being in the states many times and getting into this atmosphere uh, can help even more with the focus and the output i think we should have an episode on this actually on like how to stay focused while traveling yeah we should we should because i would ask, honestly say i was probably less productive while traveling i don't regret mm -hmm. anything uh, but i could probably say uh i was less productive and i think that is a fantastic episode to talk about so mm -hmm. and and it's beautiful because you can kind of decide like what kind of mood am i am what do i want to do this quarter or this month and kind of mm -hmm. kind of account for that in your plans but yeah we'll save it for another episode mm -hmm. so maybe to kind of close out neil uh, can you share with us kind of the vision and the future from where you are now to what you're working on yeah, so we have made this California, which is the business I have been building throughout this entire story. And we got to a point where I think we're at the size we want to go on. We want to, uh, I want to build even more systems to make sure I don't have to spend as much time in it, even less time in the business and focus a lot on building Made This Franchise. Uh, and Made This Franchise is just franchising a remote local concept across the nation outside of California, helping out. Uh, other business owners uh, achieve the same type of story I did, right? A lot of people contacting us, people who said, hey, Neil, heard you worked at the corporate job and quit and traveled, and I want to do the same thing. And I'd say, cool. I literally went through the story of how I did that. <laughs> like, why don't we just repeat that? And you could avoid all the mistakes I did. So that's really my goal is hopefully helping other people achieve something similar to what I did, if that's what you want to do. So that's where we are right now. 
Beautiful. Beautiful. Amazing, Neil. So any any other closing thoughts or, or things, you know, I should have asked you that I that I didn't that you think would be uh, valuable to mention oh man I think, we, I think we covered most of it man I love just having this podcast episode about me this is great just got to get to talk about me all the time so you know can't complain, can't complain. <laughs> well awesome thank you so much for sharing your story um, listeners if you have any questions you know for Neil or or for me or about this episode uh, we definitely would love to hear from you and and uh, get a discussion going on that. We'll figure out the best method for it. Um, but definitely let us know in the review and, and in other um, any other way uh, to contact us. Neil, what's the best way to contact you? Sure. Well, you can go to the show notes for this podcast. You can find me at neilparek.co. Go to madethisfranchise.com, M-A-I-D-T-H-I-S, franchise.com. Uh or you can leave a review on the podcast and then say, hey, Neil, I'm trying to contact you. And hey, that'd be great as long as it's a five-star review on the podcast. I'm <laughs> Amazing. Cool, yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening so much. Uh, David, thanks for interviewing me this time. I think that was fun. And we got to get you an interview on the next pod. Always a pleasure and look forward to that episode as well. All right, everybody. Thank you. Take care. Thanks again for listening, guys. There are two ways I could help you out. Number one is with Made This Franchise. If you want to get into business but don't want to go at it alone, we have you covered with everything from A to Z. Check out madethisfranchise.com to start your own remote local business. The next is with the Remote Local Blueprint, which is a course I launched to teach you the foundations of starting your own remote local business in any niche. It's do-it-yourself at your own pace, and you can check that out at blueprint.beremotelocal.com.